0: Hello and welcome. My name is Ray, and I am the host of the Energy Medium Podcast, where I share stories and insights I've gained as a clairvoyant medium. In the episode description, you'll find additional resources for topics covered, read more about my clairvoyant encounters in my episode deep dives, and get in touch with me to send a topic request, ask a question, or share your story. Welcome to the podcast. I hope you enjoy it and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Energy Medium Podcast. Today is going to be the last episode in the How to Heal series, and I'm going to cover relationships and building communities through relationships, and specifically how we can build a healing community or a support community um, when we find ourselves in times of crisis, whether it's a health crisis or a spiritual crisis sometimes we find ourselves in need of a little extra support and uplifting. We have many communities all throughout our lives. You have your work community with your coworkers or your neighborhood community. Now we have social media communities or social media groups where people come together and quite literally create a virtual community. So today I want to focus on what I believe makes a strong and stable community and how I have found that um, is important in how we show up to those communities and who we are in those communities. So communities are all about relationships, but in my experience and in my belief, I believe a lot of it is dependent on the relationship that you have with yourself how much do you know yourself? How much do you understand yourself? Um, What are your, you know, strengths and weaknesses like to the core? What are your triggers? Triggers are a huge, huge problem in communities because people make each other mad and people say mean, hurtful things or Perhaps I don't even try to say something mean directly to you. You're just offended by something someone says because it's a trigger for you. But triggers are a great way to start breaking down our walls and understanding what makes us tick and what makes us um, struggle with community and struggle through relationships. When I was in my early 20s, probably 23, 24 I joined my first online support group. I believe it was a Facebook group at that time. And it was for women with lichen sclerosis or LS. And I've shared with many of you that I have a long-term autoimmune condition that I've dealt with pretty much my whole life. And in my early 20s, when it got to the worst it had ever been, um, I needed help and I needed support. And I wasn't really getting what I was needing from the medical community so i decided to join this online support group and i was looking forward to it i was looking forward to connecting with women that were dealing with the exact same thing that i was i uh, was looking for learning about what's worked for them what hasn't and really just saw it as a an opportunity for healing And it was absolutely not that at all. In fact, it was the opposite. Uh, I think it played into a a little bit more into my anxiety about my condition. I was very troubled and disturbed by the things that women shared in that group. And I, I stuck with it for a couple of months because, to be fair, you know this condition lichen sclerosis is yeah it's extremely disturbing and it's extremely tragic and it's devastating it just eats you alive pretty much so i mean i i had to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt and say well i mean of course they're sharing their experience like this is their experience <laughs> women would share how they've lost skin, how they've basically lost full function of their body parts, how their husbands left them, uh, how they couldn't keep their job because they were in so much pain, and how not even like the medical community would help them. The medical system tries to help us people in general the best way that they can. But when you are dealing with something like autoimmune or chronic degenerative conditions, Yeah, the medical system just doesn't quite get you where you need to be. And um, I'm going to just say this boldly, neither do support groups. (laughs) And so the point that I'm getting at here is that communities, again, they're not always as helpful or as supportive as they should be. And there's a lot of triggers that come within the community setting. So I was very, very, very triggered by these women who just seemingly would share these horrible tragedies of their lives on this support group. And I was, you know, I was looking for women who would like share a story about what's helped them, but no, none of, none of the uh, women in that support group, and I mean, none of them had that story none of them had a success story and i was super triggered by that and i ended up leaving the group and i ended up actually being very mad at the women in the group but i had to look back on that and that looking back on it now now that i'm older and now that i've spent more time in this body and with this condition i realize now that it was so triggering for me because i was so scared that that was going to be me one day that I too was going to lose anatomy, that I too was not going to be able to have kids, that I too was not going to be able to keep a relationship because I was sexually dysfunctional, that I too was going to be at the mercy of the medical system with like literally no light at the end of the tunnel. And those things were very, very, scarring and triggering, they left an imprint on me for sure. And all that time, you know, when I was dealing with my own health issues and my own crisis, it just wasn't helpful. So over the last, I mean, pretty much decade, uh, since I had joined that group, I have decided to show up differently and to be a light, to hold the light for people who struggle with chronic disease and autoimmunity and again, over the last several years after that experience, I started to also realize that that the way we show up or the way I show up in community and in relationship starts with me. It starts with the relationship I have with myself. So there's this aspect uh, of self-responsibility that comes into community that, If you want your relationship or your community of relationships to be successful, there is an aspect of uh, self-responsibility, self-reliability, and self-respect. Those are big ones uh, when it comes to relationship and community. So I want to be clear, building a community is not just stepping into a space so you can give your platter of shit to another person. I know I'm not being nice here, but it's true. This is where I see communities fail between giving your platter of poo-poo to another person, but then also uh, being very reactive in your triggers. Those two things right there. Wow. What a way to end a relationship and guilty is charged, right? So what is self-responsibility and self-respect and how do we start to like dive into ourselves and get to know ourselves? And I wish I had all the answers for that, but it just takes time and it takes uh, a lot of awareness and a lot of humbleness and self-honesty. And you are the one and, and hopefully you've got a good friend in your, in your circle uh, who will call you out as well when you're not being your best. And when you're, um, just passing your pain or whatever it is to another person. The other aspect of community and relationship is what role do we play? Whatever it is, what role do you play in relationship? Who do you show up as and why? Why do you show up in that role? Um, I'm sure you guys have heard, if you haven't, there's this this, uh, concept of the relational archetype or archetypes. There's multiple of them. I don't know if I'll be able to mention them all off memory right now, but there's the avoidant, the controller, uh, the pleaser. You know, I, I don't mean to like diminish us to this archetype and like, oh, which archetype are you? Um, but what I'm trying to say is that we all show up as something. We all have a pattern and we need to look at that pattern and ask ourselves is this who I want to be? Is this who I really want to show up as? Am I showing up as my best self or do I just constantly, you know, Play the avoider and not get too close to people because I don't want to be vulnerable with them because I don't think they'll like me. Or maybe, you know, the avoider also comes from being rejected. So that plays a lot into like, have you been rejected in the past? Or am I the pleaser where I just want to make everyone happy and I'll change my whole personality for you, you know, just to make you like me? So again, what role do you play in your community or even in your one on one relationships? And why are you, are you okay with that role? Or do you even know why you play that role? Because all of us play roles and it's okay. It's, it's doesn't mean that, you know, you're a bad person or you don't truly know yourself. We, we all have like our baggage, right? We all have our experiences that cause us to be a certain way with our partners and within relationship, within community. But when we become aware of those roles or the patterns that we play, we then get to decide, is this me acting from my best self or is this me acting from, you know, the self that got rejected or the self that was constantly ridiculed by my parents or whatever that self is. And once we start to understand ourselves, we start to ask why. We start to dive into our psyche and our behaviors a little bit. So, you know, again, we're recognizing our patterns and we're recognizing our triggers because triggers and patterns are, in my opinion, the two major things that really keep us from having strong, solid relationships. Once we start to build this awareness, belonging to a community or being in a relationship becomes a lot easier. (laughs) Really, life in general becomes a lot easier. Once you develop a very, very deep and strong understanding of yourself, especially when it comes to other people, which life is all about, you know, dealing and being with other people because you're then able to see when another person is triggered or you then start to notice like, Hey, I'm starting to notice a pattern here you know, with this person and their behavior. And like now, you know, you can start to get curious as to why they're triggered and why they act a certain way. And in my experience, and especially with my clients and with the, the work that I do, it is essential, absolutely essential for me to understand why someone acts the way they do, what their triggers are, and what their cycles and patterns are based off of, again, the list of things that happen to us our entire lives. None of that is possible without doing the actual inner work yourself. And so I think that what happens with a lot of communities, especially when we're talking about a healing community or a support community, is it becomes very, very full of people who just have not done this level of self-understanding and a self-exploration. And they join a group or a community or whatever it is with the expectation that someone else is going to figure it out for them and just tell them what to do or tell them what to eat or tell them what supplements to take or whatever it is that you need support in. When really it goes a lot more more deeper than that. It's it's like the journey of discovering yourself and who you are. And no one can fill that role. No one can fill those shoes, but you. And we see the same thing in relationship. You know, people will get into relationship with the expectation that this other person is going to make me happy and fulfilled. And that's just not how it works. So communities are absolutely a direct mirror or reflection to how you are in your one-on-one relationships. And honestly, going back to how we create a support group or a support community, a community for healing, this concept of self-exploration and self-maturation and self-responsibility or lack thereof, I believe is really what causes a lot of these support communities to either be unsuccessful or ultimately fail. And a few years ago, I was actually working with a holistic doctor who had started his own support community for some of the courses that he was running in his practice. And he had mentioned that, you know, oh my gosh, it's almost like I have to have a prerequisite for people to join the community or even join the course in teaching them how to communicate, um, authentically relate, you know, hold an open healing space for another person before they can even enter the community. And, you know, it seems ironic and really unfortunate, but it's, it's true. It's almost like people need to be reminded and told that the point of the community is not to just give your baggage to another person and have someone else try to, you know, figure it out for you. Relationships and community are a mirror. They're a reflection back on ourselves on where we are Falling short, right? Where we need to work on our behaviors and our self responsibility, so that we can become better, better people within that relationship or within that community, and hold a, a higher level of um, of space of light or healing, whatever it is you want to call it, for the rest of the group. And that's how you know the community up levels. That's how we become better versions of ourselves and. Help others do the same, and this is really—it's—it's it's really challenging, right? It takes a very skilled group of people. I—I I do believe it takes more than one person to start a community that is capable of doing this. And I witness uh, the communities and the social groups that are that I'm involved in. You know, even—even even something as silly as like next door. <laughs> oh my gosh, talk about just passing passing the poo-poo platter to, to whoever the hell will listen to you. Right. Um, it's not good. And I'm not trying to be cynical here, although it might sound like it a little bit, you know, perhaps this is, uh, triggering me maybe, but what I'm getting at here is that we're missing something, right? We're missing something in community. And those of you who are maybe currently in a community, maybe it's a support group or a spiritual community, or maybe some of you listening right now have actually tried to start your own community with your niche and what you're good at. I'm sure you've noticed what I'm talking about where you know people uh, resort back to patterns. And when people are triggered or upset, things seem to spiral rather quickly because it just triggers more people who are triggered and upset. And it can be challenging. Right. And I honestly don't think that that will stop happening ever. As in, I, I don't think it's possible to have a community where these triggers and pain patterns don't surface. I think it will always surface, but I think it's important to recognize when it's happening and trying to like, if you're the moderator of that group, Or even if you're just a bystander of that group, you know, like to, to do your best to try to understand why and try to help the other person understand why. And sometimes, you know, especially if it's like a social media thing, the best thing to do is probably to just not get involved, but, you know, even more like tangible, if you have someone either it's the partner you're with or a neighbor or just someone who's like right there in front of your face if you see them getting triggered and upset or you know you notice this is like the third or fourth time they've had this thing come up with them maybe just get curious right start to get curious and start to ask questions some of the best therapy i've ever had was really just like therapists asking me questions. (laughs) A lot of times when we're reactive to something, it's because it's reminding us of something. We've experienced this before and we're expecting an outcome because of our past experience. And I think that's really what it comes down to is getting curious, asking the right questions and not taking things personal because really a lot of times when people are reactive, It's it's something that they're dealing with and possibly something that they've been dealing with for a long time. And a lot of times it really doesn't have a lot to do with you, even though you might be the person that reminded them of their trigger. So those are my thoughts on community. I'm sure you guys, I don't know what you were expecting of this podcast episode, but I actually spent some time like listening to other podcasts and other... Whatever resources on healing and community, and healing through community, and honestly, I feel like the aspect of owning yourself and knowing what triggers you and why, and um, getting curious with, with yourself and curious with other people. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't hear people talk about that much. So I did want to shed some light on this today. I think it's very important, especially for those of you who, like I said, again, you're in community or you're seeking out a community or possibly even launching a community of your own. You guys, I am always happy to see you listening to my podcast and, of course, I would love to hear from you. If you have thoughts and opinions on this topic, let me know. You can find me on my website. It's linked in the episode description box. And you can also find me on Instagram at energy medium. And with that, I'll see you guys in the next one.